0: It was about let's say 2010 2010 I was sleeping at a friend's house in their living room on the floor and I couldn't really sleep because I just couldn't really sleep it was it's weird sometimes when you're in someone else's house you know you're just looking at their stuff and everyone everyone else's houses smell weird, not to say that yours doesn't, (laughs) but everyone has, like, their own little world going on, you know, so I'm lying there, and I start to notice it feels creepy, like, I'm feeling creeped out, and I see these sort of, um, dark, shadowy entities, like, moving across the walls, those cars drive by on the street, the shadows looked, looked dark, and, Terrible and alive, and um, so I'm not scared properly, but I feel, <clears throat> I feel that there's, I feel there's some malicious entities afoot, you know. Um, this also, by the way, isn't uncommon, and it's not especially terrible, and it's an, it's not exactly a symbol of psychosis. It's just sometimes when you got the second sight or not, you see things that you're like. Hmm, seems like the energy is a little dark here. That's fine. And then something not normal happened. I'm looking at all of these sort of dark energies gathering around a coat rack near a chair next to the hallway. And I'm thinking, like, oh, what's going on over there? It seems like there's some uh, paranormal activity. I'm just looking at it. I'm I'm also okay with just falling asleep in this room. I'm not on high alert. I don't need to get some holy water. It's fine. I'm just sort of watching what's going on. And then um, a uh, sort of space vagina opens up. Um, is, is a crack through visual reality opens and there's a vivid, swirling, psychedelic uh, lava lamp, marbleized swirly going on with every color. It's so bright and crazy. And then in front of it, in front of all this standing in the opening of the space vagina (laughs) um, is a silhouette of what I could only describe as a god, um, a silhouette and it has horns, like almost like antler horns, but not exactly. And he stands there and he has um, a graceful, beautiful presence, but when I see him I immediately recognize him as the devil. And, um, I'm chilling. I'm not like freaked out exactly. I'm more like, Whoa, what the fuck? And, um, I'm also a little bit questioning my sanity. I'm like, you know, I'm not stoned. I'm not drunk. I'm pretty sober here. And I'm looking at this and this is pretty intense. And as I'm looking at this entity, I um, I realize that it is a blessing, a blessing. Um, hard to describe how I realized that, um, but it was a terif- terrifying blessing. And then I understood why people make deals with the devil. It's like, do you want to go into this swirly, whirly portal of luck? Um, all you have to do is get through me and I thought okay there's no way that I can not go through um, the portal or space vagina as I've been calling it Um, but what do I do about this guy you know so I realized that I had stolen all these things from the devil for all these years all these things that were festering and um taking up residence in these little nooks and crannies and hovels within my guts and my heart and my mind and my back and I was like oh my god here is all the things that I've taken from you like library books that are overdue. I'm going to just return them to you as my offering. I'm going to return all of these uh, feelings of displacement that have caused me to be malicious or jealous or upset or just like feeling that I had to um, be negative to other people for whatever reasons. And I just like, tried to completely clear my heart of all of these things that really I didn't want to carry anymore and I felt were an extension um, of this devil energy I just said you can have all these fucking things back they're not mine and that was a good enough offering um what happened on the other side was uh I fell asleep and just had a cool dream that wasn't wasn't like I won the lottery or anything like that or became the next Katy Perry <laughs> and then you know you you hear these like Illuminati conspiracies about people beating the devil or like selling their souls and I'm like they are stupid they need to go to a deal making class it's not so hard um so this is just this is just a you know some weird shit that happened one night I would have probably kept it to myself, as is my secret fear that I have um, f- high-functioning schizophrenia. Um, but the thing about a del- delusion is uh, it's unfounded and ungrounded, right? And so when you hear something like that, you're like, okay, well, that's just some random stuff. It doesn't exist. It doesn't make sense. It's not something I've heard of before, therefore invalid. Um, here's the little here's a little prize that happens that sort of weirdly validates everything that I saw. The next morning I'm having coffee with my friend at her breakfast table and she says Sorry, I've gotta check the audio. She says, How did you sleep last night? And um she's a weirdo, you know, as am I, so I felt, um, I felt like I could just, I didn't really care. I could say anything. Um, so I'm like still groggy. I'm not a morning person. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I had some really weird dreams and, um, oh, some weird thing happened where I'm pretty sure I saw the devil in your living room and this bitch, she's like, um, that makes sense. And I said, no, that doesn't make sense. And she says, yeah, it actually makes sense. Um, I conjured, I was trying to conjure the devil yesterday all day. And I said, why, what? What are you talking about? And she goes, well, I was on on the internet and I found this spell. Um, So I was deciding to conjure the devil. It took... It took about three and a half hours, um, to start the spell and then I did it for another two hours and then I stopped because my roommate came home and then I got embarrassed and I did the spell in the living room, like, like at the chair by the coat hanger rack or whatever. And I was like, okay, that is very amazingly coincidental and, um, also, the deadpan expression. She was like, "Yeah, I tried to conjure the devil. I went on Google. Like, what the hell?" She's so weird. Okay, so um, also highly don't recommend that. Like, don't do that. That's so dumb for many reasons. But anyway, um, I I was confused. I was I was okay with just being schizophrenic, but then I was like, mm, "This is like." more concerning to me that you conjured the devil in a way and I say why why would you do that and she says oh I wanted to fuck him (laughs) what a crazy girl okay so that was my meeting of the devil his energy was not especially cryptic it was It was seemed sort of benevolent and clean. Um, But, you know, he's a charmer. That's his thing. Um, And, yeah, I wasn't afraid. And I felt like I immediately was like, all right, I don't want to mix it up too much with you. But while you're here, here's all this stuff that I don't really think that I need. And it's not mine. It's yours. Here you go. And let's, let's like dive into the stuff, you know? So, um, as you might have ascertained from listening to me jabber jaw about my life and thoughts, um, am the little demented, you know, um, so I don't know. I imagine in a different life, if I had been treated differently or whatever, um, I imagine I would still be pretty weird, you know? So I don't blame circumstance entirely for, like, why I'm weird, but there's some things that um, have come from it. So, um, for example, I am diagnosed with PTSD, and I'm self-diagnosed with CPTSD, because I feel that um, because of my research in, in that, it seems a more applicable... Um, uh, what do you call it, a diagnosis. Um, though I think, I'm not sure at the statuses, but I don't know if CPTSD is officially recognized um, in the um, psychotic manual. <laughs> um, so what CPTSD means and the difference between CPTSD and PTSD is, um, PTSD is um, familiar as a something that happens to veterans of war or someone who is attacked. Um, it stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, so you are post-trauma. The trauma has already happened. And you're still having stress that's bringing disorder to your life, right? And that's just an, a breakdown. And that's um, I love that too because it's not called like Myers' disease, or like some random guy's name, you know. <laughs> um, there's some, you know, names for disorders where it's just like not so easy to break down what the meaning is. It just says right there on the label. I love it. Um, and then CPTSD, um, I think of it as childhood post traumatic stress disorder, but it actually stands for complex post traumatic stress disorder, which means someone who has experienced long-standing traumas um, and that could be from your childhood and it also could be that you've had a long-term relationship with a narcissist um, or an abusive spouse of many years Um, so what that does first of all what post-traumatic stress disorder does to you is it switches on high functioning stress response where you are really alert? Your like survival instincts just you just go down to the prime animal level of survival, and um, that happens in in a deeply um, mind alteringly uncomfortable. Way uncomfortable <laughs> is such a delicate word. Okay, so complex uh, stress, post traumatic stress disorder happens for when that fear response has been switched on for so long that the 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 knob kind of breaks off. So it what that means is you have less control and understanding around your fear responses. And sometimes your fear responses will deeply pull you into a space where you are not in control of your own body. Um, so I've done previous episodes about this while I was having heightened um, uh, PTSD uh, triggers. And um, I found out some good information um about you know just the animals after experiencing a traumatic ex- experience will go and shake it off like your body will literally shake so it resets the nervous system, um, but um, one of the the most present and um, easy easily characterized symptoms of PTSD or CPTSD is flashbacks, so. The way that I am relating this um, to the devil card is the devil card, um, let's break it down through the image, is a dark place and there's a devil that is holding two people captive with chains around their necks and the collars around their necks are big enough where they could probably take it off and walk away but they can't they just don't know how and they have tails these people have tails one of them is a little fireball tail and the other one I think is like grapes so they think this represents like lust and um maybe substance abuse you know addiction um and I think another thing I see when I when I pull the devil card is someone has the darkness represents their consciousness has been dimmed um, and they may believe that they have to be a pet to this certain devil, um, and they wouldn't survive outside of the space. So you start to see the world as a very narrow, tiny place that you would not survive outside of this terrible experience, um, if you tried to leave it, which is, um... I mean, that is just the synopsis of so many made-for-TV movies, television for women, you know. <laughs> it's, it's really breaking down the primal relationship that any one person can have with anything addictive um, or abusive um, that you can imagine. Also, the lover's card... Um, in my interpretation of how the major arcana rolls, I believe is the, um, is the sunny side of the devil's uh, card. You see the two figures below in the same positions. And instead of a devil holding them together, it's an angel that is benevolently just sort of waving them into feeling magnetism instead of chains. Um, so initially... Um, imagine that you are in a circumstance where as a child, you um you that could be quite true that you're you're like, well, I have to be here. There's nowhere else I can go. If I run away, where do I go? I run down the street. I just like there's no little spot that I can crawl into and take up my child life, you know, um, I have to be here with these people. Um, I have to. I have to be here, you know. So it's not always that you are um, in a state of addiction that you're in the devil circumstance, but here's the interesting thing. You stay in the devil position because it's a psychological marker or what I like to call an energetic stencil. So Imagine that our brains, our souls, our lives are these formless creatures. And the more we start to groom them and pet them, they start to become formed. They start to have attributes and features. And they start to have um, a body of sorts that looks a certain way and functions a certain way. And this is based on the subconscious or calculated efforts of how we groom it so a lot of this in the beginning is just circumstance of where we go and you know who supports us and the tenacity of our own little child will you know so eventually this because it is in an extra dimensional form this energetic stencil um we can leave an environment we can leave a person we could have a clue on what behaviors are acceptable or not and still not be rid of the form of this energetic stencil so in my own experience um i think i've had definitely some substance abuse issues where i wouldn't say it was like (laughs) i guess this is (laughs) This is like classic denial possibly, but I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic, but I drank I drank a lot. Like I was very much uh a lush, you know. Um so also just being like, yeah, whatever, like ride the wave, like life's fucked up. I don't know. I'll take I'll take the green light. Um so that sometimes is confusing and how that would be the same shape or energetic stencil as like an abusive home life um but here is another thing that i think is quite interesting because the devil card is that in the darkness again uh darkness symbolizing lack of light and light limp is symbolizing consciousness um so when we're talking about symbolic uh, uh concepts when we're talking about an object or uh, a picture or a concept as a symbol, it's different than the literal world in some ways, you know. But um, light, in um, the way I read it symbolically, will always represent consciousness. And consciousness um, is an extension, I think it's a, it's a passive form of will. So, will is the um, the exercise of consciousness. It's the action, the active principle of consciousness, where consciousness itself may or may not act, you know so and it's hard to um, it's hard to act willful willfully where you don't have total consciousness. So again, let's just break it down way down. So we're outside of the field of the polarities of judgment, of who's good or bad, and just look looking at it almost as a mechanic. Uh, and this is a machine of our lives. We're just popping the hoods and seeing how things can be fractured or where the dials are, and if we can look nakedly and say, okay, like, it's real dark in here. There's reasons why. Let's just turn the lights on a little bit and look at what we're seeing. <laughs> Let's look at it and say, okay, do you want to exercise will here or there on the things that we're seeing? Sometimes in the darkness, it feels very intimate and super personal. And again, the devil is um, the devil card. And um, when I'm saying the devil, I, I don't mean like the Baptist devil guy. I mean the devil card in the tarot. Um, so... I need a little sip of coffee. Hold on. Good. Okay. Um, so the devil is a, a symbol of compulsion. It's the symbol of having a subconscious operating system that has a very specific job and agenda and is keeping you tethered to it quite closely even though at any point you really can if you turn the lights on and become more conscious of can willfully move away from. Um, A lot of times our subconscious impulses um, become uh, misguided as emotional truths when really they're a subconscious uh, I think that the subconscious deals so deeply with the emotional level because um, it doesn't speak frankly. It, it moves compulsively, which can sometimes feel um, like the same thing as having an emotion. Well, you know, I think there's emotions that become attached to it, but it, it isn't a symbol of the true self. It's a subconscious operating system. So this is something that I'm saying because um, of my experience with post-traumatic stress disorder. When I have um, had a response that I consciously knew was inappropriate to a circumstance. And um, what I do is I um, will alienate myself a bit physically and be alone. And go ahead and ride the wave and like realize exactly where um it's coming from and my consciousness is totally turned on but my body and my emotions are like on a different trip and I'm like whoa like I'm just looking at the machine um wiggle out whatever that is and my consciousness is fully alert that there is a um a decision um that my body and my subconscious has already made It has nothing to do with even me. It feels like me, the me, who is the conscious me. Um, And I think without that consciousness turned up all the way, that um, uh, subconscious programming um, can lead to some positions or decisions that can be very um, sabotaging of someone's life and very uh, destructive and scary and, and alienating. Um, so, and, and, uh, I 100% know that that's true because, um, it took me a really long time to get a better handle on it. And it definitely had, um, made my life, uh, shitty because, (laughs) because, um, it's hard to, um, function, you know, it's hard to have functional, intimate relationships or, um, even keep a job, to be honest, um, and that can lead to other things that can be like the pebble in the pond that has all these rings around it that just keeps branching out. You know, sense of uh, sense of self can can really take a beating from having this uh sort of thing that kind of claims you, and you're like, well, I am just a little puppet that is um, being enslaved by this darker force and I am ultimately worthless because I don't know how to contribute to my own life in a way I would like because of this so that this that this could be a relationship you have with a partner who is toxic it could be a relationship you have with Um, substances drugs or alcohol it could be a relationship you have with addictions to gambling it could be a lot of things but I think um, those things let's just say we can call them the noun let's say the noun used to be your parents perhaps um, when you were a child not always but a lot of times that's how the story goes And then, um, you say, parents bad, delete. And then you, um, keep the operating system and you just, uh, delete the noun, but there's still a placeholder for noun, you know, like a Mad Lib. And then, um, noun becomes, um, I don't know, lottery tickets. It becomes, um, shopping sprees. It becomes, um, this or that, you know, and, um you keep putting noun in and here's another thing um this is a a slightly divergent uh concept but I will bring it back around um in um I'm not sure if you're familiar with the concept of the shadow or the animus um the this is a union concept the anima and the animus is within every man there exists a um, woman, within every woman exists a man, and um, the man is called animus, and uh, the woman is called the anima, so this could also be entangled with shadow projection, and shadow is, of course, like I was saying before, um, those parts of your inner operating systems that are not illuminated, and therefore feel like a part of the fiber of your very soul, you know, it feels very confusing, and often you can think of the shadow, if it is not in a place where you are receiving an actualized around it, as um, when you see it around someone representing these shadow attributes, you see it as an enemy. Enemy, you know, you see it as someone who is um, a threat to you, because they look like a living, walking, breathing picture of the little goblin that lives in your heart that is trying to do you in every day. And of course, of course, it feels guttural. You're like, bad. Um, and then this becomes confusing because there is some people out there that are you shouldn't deal with, and the guttural feeling is very genuine. Um, but then, of course, in union psychology, it all is like this big washout where it's like we are all one and we all have all of the things within us and this and that, and it gets very Christian in that way, you know, where we have to love our our neighbor and our, um, our enemies and all that. But let's just, let's just take it down a notch because I think also sometimes trying to be too altruistic and humanitarian in points where you need to find your own inner peace and healing. I think that can also be, um, a bit of an escapism, you know, and it also can be harmful to the system. So just, just take it down a notch. The, um, the little, cherry that we can pick out of that is the concept of acceptance of self and others and um, unconditional love towards self and others, which is a passive experience or exercise um, in just holding space for instead of trying to attack it conceptually. So um, when we have all these shadow operating systems that say to us, um, all right, this is the animal that I'm creating out of my life based on experiences, and this animal does this and that, and it's looking for a new noun. And um, sometimes we find someone, we can shadow project the animus um, onto someone who is like the perfect example of someone who will embody the perfect role of um, a seductive oppressor? So I know I've dated like some people that were just like, "Wow, what the fuck, bad boys." <laughs> That's such a cute way to say it. They were bad boys, um, and it's because they, I, if I, if I go into a space of consciousness, which becomes a space of accountability which is an empowering position. And that's different um, than blaming yourself for things and just badgering yourself and saying, like, I am so dumb, I na, 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 na. like na-na-na-na-na. That, like, that's worthless. You know, that doesn't help you. But consciousness does. And saying, okay, when I pop the hood and just see how these me- mechanics are moving around, um, oh, 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 okay. I was tricked and... Um, hurt and uh deceived by someone for sure but i think even though they're accountable for all that and that was bad i think that my shadow aspect which is the embodiment of all of these things instead of the um the the embodiment of the oppressor instead of the victim of and is a. Uh, is looking for that person to play the villain, you know, because I think another part of all this is, um, there is, of course, naturally when you see the devil above and the people in chains, like he is the one in control and, um, they are the ones who are the subs, (laughs) they're the, they're the victims, you know, but, um, you know what they say, like, I don't know if you've ever, dabbled in a little sex work or have had a friend who was a dominatrix, the the more you understand about all that, like the sub is really the one in control in a lot of ways, um, in, uh, safe, you know, playful experiences. Um, and that's as far as I really want to get into it conceptually, but yeah, you know, like the one who wants to be dominated is usually the client, you know what I'm saying? Because, um, it, it's a way of surrendering all the thoughts and controls and the power. And not to say there aren't people out there who are genuinely being victimized. Not to say that people who tra- treat other people poorly are not actually villains. They're just these secret angels that are granting all of your little perverted wishes to be dominated and humiliated. That's, it's more complicated than that. But when I look in my own space, and I can't speak to every story that's ever happened or everyone's experience in the universe, but all I know is what I know. And in my own experiences, when I take accountability for my life in this moment, which is the only possible seat of power I can move forward with, You know, if I want my life to go any way I want it to go, I have to be alive, awake right now and move forward consciously. So where I sit with my past now, when I turn the lights on and look over, I see like, oh, yeah, I was, I was a little sad, dumbass, like, that that is a loving term. <laughs> I was I was misguided and in pain, um, and I wasn't awakened to my power t- consciously. So part of me looked for that villain to embody all those things that I was afraid to, and um, now I am whole. I am without. Um, I'm without anyone uh, as far as a romantic partnership goes. I have no one left to project things on except for myself. And then I open the vaults and see that I can be um, in better equilibrium with this sort of like um, master-servant kinky inner world that is the shadow and the consciousness. Um, So the devil, when it is flipped upside down, we see the five pointed star, which had been before, a pentagram with the with the top point pointed down, upside down. You know what a pentagram looks like, and um, then when I see the devil inverted, I see that the star has flipped. That the top point of the star is the the card of um or sorry card, it's the point of uh willpower. You know, it's consciousness. Um, or sometimes said spirit. And um, the lower points on the star represent the four elements. So when you see spirit commanding over the elements, as you do in tarot with the major arcana over the minor arcana, you see that there is an understanding and a wakefulness to your environment as it is and understanding it for what it is. And then that becomes a space of an illumination where before... Uh, when you see the star upside down, you see the environment, the circumstance, the elements, all of the components feel very muddled up, and it feels like they take um, they take over the willfulness or the consciousness of, of the person, and the person feels in a dark little corner where all these things are happening, and they feel bigger than them, and, and, and they feel like the weight of them is making them smaller every day, you know? Um, you feel the loss of self and this happens in addictive behavior. And I believe that um, toxic relationships can also be addictive. And I feel that they're under the same categorization because I see them as symbols of the devil and it feels so immediate and personal, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not bad, you know, to have emotional responses or care about things. Um, and I don't say this to demean anyone. That's 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 a a useless uh, demonstration of these uh, concepts. Um, consciousness has to be brighter than that, and allowing yourself to sort of shake off the tingle of like, ooh, gross, sh- cringe, and and look at it as is, and say, um, I'm going to go ahead and exercise my power here. And say, I see through these invisible, <laughs> and invisible uh, stencils. I see what has been coming through the stencils. I see the um, the imprint of the actions and the things in the past. But the outline is an invisible form that I'm now starting to see. It's almost extra dimensional, you know. And once you start to become lucid and conscious of that you start to awaken to being more powerful than the devil himself. (laughs) And you get to a point where you look at him and say like, oh yeah, here's all of your demented ideas back and all of your impulses. Nice seeing you. Here, go ahead and take it. I don't need it anymore. I don't have the confusion anymore that they are mine. They were just um, psychological stowaways, parasites, and I don't want them anymore. They're not me, and I no longer have to protect them as a part of me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and move on. And I think that it takes a long time to understand when the devil comes to play and recognize the shape of it. But the thing is, um, the devil card isn't... um, isn't an anomaly, you know? It is um, a fixture in the system of the major arcana. And to me, as you could probably tell, tarot is my religion, and I do believe that it is the greatest metaphor for life. So when I see a major arcana card, it's not just some fluke one-off. It is something that we, in all ways, all of us, have to come to terms with, and sometimes in a daily way and see where we sit with it, recognize it when it shows up. It isn't something that we can just defeat in an arm wrestle and over a night, you know, when we're feeling good. Like, this is something that we have to find our terms with even on a daily basis. And um, and for that, I would like to tell to you... Um, that there's more ways to soothe your savage soul than leaning into the landslide of um, compulsion and um, what feels like right in your in the base of your emotional tirade. You know, may or may not be the truth of your own enlightenment or or health. So, whatever this information brings or stimulates within you, I hope that you're blessed with it and I hope that for even just today you can see things that you hadn't seen before and not in a place where you're condemning or judging yourself or others but just seeing it for what it is and that is the first stage is the consciousness and then the second is the willfulness to do what you like with that information And I hope that you lean towards your prosperity